we all have bad days. <laughs> Amen? I had a bad one Thursday. We all have bad days. Sometimes we have a string of bad days. Sometimes we have bad seasons. Sometimes we have a couple, two or three bad years. Now, it doesn't mean we have one or two, you know, it doesn't mean we never have any good days in the middle of those years. We do. But uh, back in, in uh, 2008, April and I had gone through, uh, from about 2000, well, I guess it was 2009. Back in 2009, we had completed about a two-year cycle. It just seemed like one thing after another. One thing after another. One thing after another. And I don't say this for just pity or sympathy. This morning, the message is going to be very simple. But in 2009, we had uh, recognized that we had just been through a couple of years of a bad season. And we, we decided that since there were plane tickets to Colorado for $59, we're getting away for our anniversary. Uh, if you want to turn to Philippians uh, chapter 1, get there in just a minute. But we decided we were going to go to Colorado. And how many of you know that sometimes when things are bad, it's good just to get away? And now this was, again, this was one of those seasons where I just looked at God and I said, I don't know what you are doing with me. I thought, I'm going to hang it up. I'm done. I'm done. I was a really good welder. I could go back to welding. And that's, has any, I know you say, well, Pastor Bob, you shouldn't say that. That's the call of God on your life. Listen, did Elijah run? <laughs> did Elijah have a call in his life? Pastor Bob, you have a call in your life. Listen, I, I realize I have a call in my life, but... I am a human being and I get discouraged. And I'd hit one of those seasons where I, I just said, God, I'm done with this, you know, whatever. I, and I would tell April, she's heard me say this multiple times, I, you know, I'm a really good welder. And then in her loving smile, she just kind of looks at me. She says, I know, but you wouldn't be happy. I'm not happy now, you know. Uh, you know, the woe is me, the pity me-itis sets in. So we, we had a little bit of woes, me and pity me itis, and, and this came up, and we said, hey, you know what, we are going on a vacation to Colorado. So we went to Colorado Springs, $59 each way, great tickets, great deal, found a beautiful, beautiful little um, bed and breakfast that was uh, discounted because I was a minister, it was through the assemblies, and I think it was only like $40, $45 a day, and this place was like a basement to a mansion, it was gorgeous, it was beautiful. And it had a, had, a, had a media room, had two bedrooms, had a, it was just gorgeous. You look out the window, the whole, uh, I guess it would be the whole west side of the building was glass downstairs. And there was a hot tub outside. There was a little prayer trail with a little pool with a little water trickling down into it over the rocks, a little bridge. It was beautiful. And uh, we thought we were in heaven. It was nice. And the mountains, you could see Pikes Peak in the distance from there. We liked it. We'll probably go back again someday. I don't know. But we needed to get away. And I just want to share with you this morning, as I, as I talked last week about how God spoke to Moses out of a burning bush. It was a natural bush intermingled with the Spirit of God and the voice of God spoke through it. Listen, we can look into nature and God can speak to us through that nature. Amen. He really can. And this is what happened to me on that trip. I sit there and I, I would look out. We went around, saw all the, the tourist things. We went to Pikes Peak. Has anybody ever been to Pikes Peak before? Highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. We went up the Cog Railway. Has anybody done the Cog Railway? Woohoo! It's all my family. 
Um, we went up the Cog Railway. It's a little pricey, but I, I recommend it. It's really cool. You just kind of go up the side of a mountain. You're kind of at a slant. And uh, I thought it was beautiful. April got altitude sickness. But it was so nice. And, 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 I, and they were showing how all these rocks and, and things were all around us. And how they had different shapes, dogs and seals and diamonds. And nobody chiseled them out. It just kind of happened. You know what I'm saying? We went to Garden of the Gods. Has anybody been to Garden of Gods? Garden of the Gods. Pretty cool. Nobody's been to Garden of the Gods? It's really neat. These giant red rock formations, just kind of in the middle of nowhere, and they have all these holes and crevices and, and cracks where you can see they've settled, and people are walking through them. Doing all. It's really neat. We went from that, we went south, went down to Pueblo, about an hour drive, and, and had to turn and go. Uh, we took kind of the long way, because I'm kind of like that when I'm on vacation. But I went south to Pueblo, and as we got to Pueblo, the, the rocks, everything changed. Like, we went from the mountains of Colorado Springs to where all of a sudden now there's a lot of sage, a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of cacti, cactuses. I know it's cacti. But anyway, we were looking at those. And then we turned and went west. And as I looked back to the north, I could still see Pikes Peak, and I was over an hour away. Unbelievable. So we're just talking and driving. I'm just soaking up the scenery and the beauty of it. We go to a place called Royal Gorge. Has anybody been to Royal Gorge before? Woohoo! Is Royal Gorge amazing? It's fantabulous, okay? If that is a word, it's fantabulous. We drive through, we get up there, and all it is, you can't see anything because it's a giant gorge. It's a hole. We go up to the gate, and I think it was like 24 bucks each to get in. And I looked at April, I said, 24 bucks to get in to look at a hole in the ground? Are you kidding me? We drove an hour and a half to get charged $24 to see a hole from a suspension bridge? And she goes, I'm not paying it. I said, listen, we drove an hour and a half. We're going to pay $24 to see this hole in the ground. Then we'll decide if it's worth it. It is so worth it. We got out there, we get on this, this suspension bridge, and we're just kind of looking, you know, we're kind of walking like this, and there's like holes in the slats. Thousand, fifty-some feet. So we're kind of sitting there on the side looking over, and there's this little river, which is actually a big river. And you see these little things about this big, and it's people uh, rafting through the gorge on the Arkansas River, and you're just kind of looking at it, and I'm going, wow. And then you look over to your left, and there's these people on one of those swing things, those harnesses, they put you in, and they pull you back, and they swing you out, and they go over the gorge, and then back. And we were like, whoa. And I'm like, April, you want to do that? She said, no. And I said, me either. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> Let's watch them. I mean, we're sweating and shaking just watching them. And then... Some people decide they want to drive across the suspension bridge. Suspension bridge, okay? We're standing on the side and these knuckleheads want to drive across and look out their window. <laughs> April's got a hold of me. I'm going to tell you what, though. It was beautiful to go down and they had this little trail thing, uh, tram thing that took you down to the gorge and watching the rocks just just grow around you. These cliffs grow around you. And I stood there and I stood speechless, which is not easy for me. I told April, I just went, whoa. And you say, why are you telling me all this, Pastor Bob? You've gone on now for about eight minutes talking about your vacation. You know what? I, I, you may not be interested in it, but I remember just like Moses did, when he walked up, he walked up to that burning bush, I remember what the Spirit of God said to me that day. The day that I sat down in that living room 
downstairs in the basement of that house and I looked out and I could see Pike's Peak and April went out down the trail and she was by the little pool reading her Bible. I was inside in the AC, can I get an amen, reading my Bible on a leather couch with my feet kicked up on somebody else's coffee table. And this is what I read. Philippians 1, 1 uh, we'll read 4 through 6. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And you may say, what does that have to do with everything you just shared? You see on that cog railway, <clears throat> we went up Pike's Peak that day. Along the way, they started to tell us about some of the facts of the different things. And one of them is, is that Colorado granite is absolutely worthless. That there's nothing good that can be done with Colorado granite. And the reason is, is because it's porous. It's got holes in it. And when it rains, the water seeps inside the rock into those little pores, gets in there, and when it freezes, it expands and breaks the rock. And that's why all up along the Cog Railway you would see boulders. I mean massive boulders. Boulders half the size of this room that have fallen off the side of a mountain. Because water had gotten in there and busted it. They showed us rocks that looked like a diamond and it really looked like a diamond there was one that looked like a dog laying down on top of a hill it really i mean it looked like somebody chiseled it out and made it look like a dog there was another one that looked like a camel and it really looked i mean you had to get to the right angle look at it and say that looks like a real camel and i know you say that's crazy pastor bob i i saw all these things i saw the royal gorge a thousand some feet up in the air and i looked at it and they said that the gorge is getting like it deeper every so many like 10 to 15 years like a quarter inch deeper because of the water running through it's still getting deeper every day and, and again you say what does this have to do my god said to me being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of jesus christ being confident that if god looked at this world, if he looked at the mountains, the rocks, if he looked at Royal Gorge and said, that's beautiful, he said, I'm going to keep chipping away at it. I'm going to make it more deep. I'm going to make it deeper than anybody has seen even 20 years ago. It's going to be deeper the next time somebody comes back. I can, I can make that hill look like a dog if I want to, just to mess with people's heads, because he's God. He can do it. God saw fit to not just give us a landscape that was flat and plain and boring. God saw fit to put rocks in certain places. He, he, he saw fit to give layers. He saw fit to make holes in things with water. God said to me, he said, Bob, if you enjoyed the layers of all the rocks that you saw this, this week, if you enjoyed that, you have to know and you have to understand that those rocks had to be broken for those layers to be exposed. Amen. Do you see where I'm going with this? God spoke a word of encouragement to me, almost a voice out of a burning bush to me that says, Bob, you may be in pain right now. You may be hurting right now. You may not understand what's going on, but I am doing a work in you, and I will complete it. <coughs> See, God wants to mold and shape us. You know, He uses the wind, He uses the rain, He uses the freezing and the thawing to shape uh, the mountains and the world around us. He also shapes us according to His Word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you want to turn there, you can. If not, it'll be behind me. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. 
All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now God has a purpose and a desire for us to be conformed to the image of His Son. Amen? And we do that by looking at the Word of God, by peering into it, by Him showing us who we are. Did you know that the Word of God offends us? (laughs) It's like a chisel chiseling away the rough areas in my life. See, the problem is, is we like to look at that passage and say that it's good, you know, for reproof, it's good for teaching and correcting, and we always want to teach, correct, and reprove everybody else. Amen? Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what I do a week in my office? Oh, what am I going to just slam with this week, Lord? Give me something really hard. Oh, yes. But, you know, we can't say something up from up here behind the pulpit. Myself, Pastor Sam, whoever, can't get behind a pulpit and say something that has not ministered to our hearts first. True? God wants to shape us, church. The, the, the wind and the rain of your life sometimes needs to come from the conflict that's created in the Word of God that we need to see and hear and feel. Amen? It begins there. Listen, I didn't understand. I didn't start growing. I played church in here for a long time. It wasn't until I opened the Word of God and He began to speak to me personally that I really began to change. It's the Word of God. If we don't expose ourselves to it, He's not going to change us. There's no sense in pointing it at Him because if we don't expose ourselves to the Word, it's like saying, God, I'm not interested in what you have to say. We're no different than a rebellious child that says, Mom and Dad, I'm sick of hearing you if we don't open the Word of God. Does that challenge you this morning? Don't throw anything because it's God. As I'm going to prove right here. Ephesians chapter 4. He also wants to mold and shape us through godly teachers. Have you ever had a godly teacher create some conflict in your life? (laughs) Nobody? That's discouraging, really. (laughs) I've got a paddle in my office. Uh, I was in youth ministry. Rodney made it for me. Why would you make me a paddle, Rodney? It's random. But anyway, Rodney showed up one day with a paddle and a ball bat. Both for purposes of counseling, I think, but... The paddle in my office, I would always tell them, people said, what's it for? And I said, I don't know. So we say, uh, if I've ever spiritually spanked you, you can sign the paddle. So now the paddle's got signatures all over it. Pastor Mark even signed it. <laughs> my kids signed it. Yes, he spanked me physically and spiritually. I even signed it because I've spanked myself. Ephesians chapter 4, and he gave some, verse 11, some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. The church is here for our good. Amen? And sometimes we got to have somebody get in our face. I know this for myself. I, I love, I thrive under confrontational preaching. I love it when somebody gets in my face and point blank tells me. Now, now everybody's saying they're going to form a line and say, I'm going to tell you what, you, what, what I think of you, Pastor Bob. It's got to be said in love. I love to be lovingly confronted. Have you ever been called in by somebody and say, hey, listen, we need to talk, you and me. And automatically, you know, I'm in trouble. You know, kind of like when you were supposed to mow the yard that day and dad was going to work and then he comes home and the yard's not mowed and he goes, hey, come here. (laughs) Amen, we need that conflict. 
It's good for us. Discipline is good for us, amen? And what, what Paul's saying here, he says, listen, we've all these people have been given to you. They've been put in your life for your good. They've been put in your life to perfect your life. That's why we can't come into a church service. And, and if you've said this, please don't get offended or get offended. I don't know. If you've said this to me, Pastor Bob, nice speech. I've heard that. I mean, it's okay if you have. It's, I understand what you're saying. But people say, nice speech, Pastor Bob. There's a difference. There's a difference between what I'm doing right now and a speech. At least they think so. There's a difference between what I'm doing right now and a speech. This should be prophesying, amen? This should be prophetically speaking to somebody, to speak to, to, for God to stick it into our hearts, fiery darts into our hearts to bring conflict and confrontation to the areas of, life, of our lives that need to have that confrontation, amen? It's got to happen. If it does not happen, then we will just run around and do whatever our little hearts desire, and it's not right. You see, God has avenues of shaping us through conflict. There's many more. The Spirit of God creates conflict in my life. The Spirit of God conflicts with my flesh all the time. And it's almost as if you're rubbing two stones together. There's sparks, there's fire going on, and my flesh wants one thing, the Spirit wants another, and there's constant abrasion going on, and there's smoothing, and there's changing away in my spirit and my flesh to draw it in to be like Christ. He shapes us through trials and tests. Isaiah 48. God's confronting Israel through Isaiah saying, Yea, thou heardest not, yea, thou knowest not. Yea, from that time thine ear was not opened. For I knew that you would deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake will I defer my anger. And for my praise will I refrain for thee that I cut thee not off. God doesn't have any desire to cut us off, church. He has no desire to crush us and destroy us because He's made promises to us. Amen? Hasn't He made promises to us through Christ Jesus, through His blood? He has no desire to cut you off. He's going to bring in the promises. Verse 10, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. Some of us go through furnaces of affliction. Some of it may be self-imposed. Some of it just may happen. This is not a life of peace, amen? This is not a life where we're just going to, you know, tiptoe through the tulips, so to speak. Tiptoe through the tulips. Isn't that what Tiny Tim used to sing with a little ukulele? How that guy sold albums, I have no idea. We tiptoe through the tulips thinking it's all just wonderful. And Listen... God desires to refine us. And the refining process is not a pretty process. It's a dirty, hot, smelly, nasty process. I've worked in a lot of foundries. It's not a meeting place for the whole community. You know what I'm saying? People don't just go in there just for the fun of it. He says, I've refined you. Today's processes of refining is a lot different than it used to be. It used to be the refiner would take out the, the, the silver, the gold that's been chiseled out, and they stick it into a little pot. They get a hot fire going. They stick it in there until it melts. And they pull it out, and they look at it, and then all of a sudden there's all the impurities, kind of a slag and nastiness that's been boiled out of it. They scrape it off. They put it back in the fire again. 
And then they take it out and they see more impurities. And they kind of look at it, scrape it off. And as you go along, you put it in the fire and take it out, put it in the fire and take it out, put it in the fire and take it out. Eventually those impurities become less and less and less. And this is what they used to decide when it was, when it was pure. When the gold or the silver was pure, the refiner would take it out of the furnace and he would look and see if he could see his reflection. When you can see your reflection, it's pure. Isn't that what Christ is trying to do with us, church? Isn't that what he's trying to do? When he sends us through trials or hard times or things that are difficult, we are in the fire, we don't like it, we don't understand it, we don't know what's happening, but it is him not trying to destroy us. Like Isaiah just said, I'm not going to cut you off. For my own name's sake, I'm going to help you. I'm going to carry you through this. But I am going to refine you. We have to be refined. Can I tell you that Thursday some ugliness came out of my life? Pastor Sam was here, Carla was here, Miranda was here. Uh, April was here eventually. I was not a pretty person Thursday afternoon. Ugliness. But can I tell you what God's doing is He's reminding me today that He's purifying me. He says, Bob, you still have issues that you need to deal with. And this is how I get them out of you. Repent. Take it off, throw it away, stick me back in the fire, Lord. Lord, stick me in the fire until you can look at me and you can see your reflection through me. Isn't that the mentality that we should have? Isn't that the desire of God's heart for His people? Is that we would truly shine and reflect who He is? As I was going through these mountains, as I was there, I, I, was, I was amazed at the things that were, the trials that were causing the things to move and to change. It does nothing but makes me think of the life of Hal Donaldson. Does everybody know who Hal Donaldson is? Nobody knows who Hal Donaldson is? I didn't think you did. Do you? You really do? God bless you. Hal Donaldson. Here's the story of Hal Donaldson. August 25th, 1969, his parents were hit by a drunk driver head on and killed his father immediately. His mother was placed in a hospital and was there for, for two years, unable to move, unable to care for him and his sister, his younger sister. It was not a good situation had no one to take care of them, had no one to meet their needs. They were passed around from family to family within a church, and they, they were, their needs were met by the church. People would buy their school supplies. People would buy their clothing. They would live somewhere for a while until that house couldn't hold them anymore, and they would move somewhere else for a couple of years. Now, as, in our culture, I've dealt with a lot of teenagers and a lot of people that make a lot of excuses as to why they can't serve God. Well, God did this to me. God did this to my family. God did this to me. This young man did not make excuses. He did not walk around and say, I can't serve this God that's so harsh that would take my father and then seriously injure my mother. I can't serve a God this. No, listen, you know what Hal Donaldson did? In 1994, Hal Donaldson founded the Assemblies of God Outreach Convoy of Hope. Why did Hal Donaldson do that? His testimony is, is because of the care that was shown to him in a time of his great distress. The deepest trial of his life did not wound and destroy Hal Donaldson. What it did is it birthed a ministry inside of him because God showed love to him through other people. And because people loved him in his time of need, this is what they've done. They've now got a 300,000 square foot distribution center. They've got a fleet of 18-wheelers. They distribute food across America and around the world. He conducts events in approximately 30 cities and 10 countries each year. He partners with the government, businesses, and nonprofit organizations to build community unity. 
He's provided, uh, dis- distrib- distributed food, uh, more than $100 million of food to needy families in the United States and around the world. And this is prior to Haiti. They were some of the first ones into Haiti. They placed shelters, water purification units, and other supplies around the world, responded to disasters and crises in nearly 50 countries, mobilized more than 200,000 volunteers and over 5,000 organizations to offer assistance to families in need. And this is, these are reports from a couple of years ago. You see, God does not want to destroy you. He wants to refine you. That is not the positive. Some would say it's not very positive, Pastor Bob. Some people want a false gospel that says you're never going to face troubles. Listen, you're going to face troubles. We are all going to face troubles. Every one of us, I know that I do. And I know the promise of God through Isaiah 61.3 says this, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. God wants to bring glory through you. This morning I shared with you a few minutes about seeing these rocks. And God spoke to me and He said, Bob, those rocks had to be broken for you to see them as beautiful. And if I love this creation enough to continue to form it and shape it, if I love you enough to form it and shape it so that you can see it and enjoy it and think it's beautiful, how much more precious to me are you than rocks? The message to us today is that the shifting the changing, the conflict in our lives has got a God-ordained purpose to it. And what you may think is something that's destroying you is actually making your life beautiful for God. The things that you might look at and say, this is just absolutely impossible to get over. God says, I am purifying you. I'm refining you so that you'll be beautiful and so that I can see my reflection." Amen. You stand with me this morning. This morning I know, I know that there are those in this room that are hurting. I know that there's needs for healing. I know that there are people that are just going through some stuff. Amen. Whether it's self-imposed or whether it's something that's been absolutely out of your control, I can guarantee you this. If you are a child of God, He is going to use it for His glory. Amen? Not to destroy. Not to destroy. That's what the enemy would tell you. The enemy tells you there's no hope. The enemy says, see this? Here's another chip of your life that's gone. See this? Here's another thing. This is what I'm doing. I'm winding around and I'm taking you and I'm tearing you apart. And God says, oh no, that's the river of my Holy Spirit that's clipping you away, my friend. The enemy wants to take credit for something that is not his. You are mine. Amen? You are mine. God declares to you and to me today that we are his. What the enemy means for harm, God says, I'm going to turn it out for the good. I'm going to use it. I am holding you in my righteous right hand. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare quit. Don't you buy into those lies. Don't you listen to the enemy and think that voice is bigger and better than mine because I'm whispering to you, listen for it. 
It's a very simple whisper as I sit on that couch that day that says, Bob, I am not destroying you. I am refining you. I will complete the work that I've started in you. I am a God of completion. I am a God that completes. You're just not finished yet. I hold you in my righteous right hand. The message to this church this morning is as God is a God of completion. He wants to bring complete and wholeness into your life. He wants you to understand that no, it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but someday, bless God, down the road, just like Joseph, be able to step back and say, wow, this was not what I expected, but I know this, that God is working this out for His good. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Bob, I just, I'm going through something. I need strength and I'm, I need encouragement. I just want you to join with me in prayer. If that's you today, I just want you to come up here and line all the way across the front. And we're going to just take time to pray with you. If you've got to leave at noon, somebody's got to leave, that's fine. I understand that. But we're going to take some time and allow the Spirit of God to do the work that He desires to do. Go ahead and come up. We're just going to pray together as Amber leads us in some worship. Just let the Spirit of God have His way. Father God.